everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by NJM Insurance. And let's bring in a very special guest, former Eagles head coach, Super Bowl winning head coach, Doug Peterson. Doug, it is good to catch up with you again. We see that there. Yeah, John, thank you so much for having me on. Good to catch up with you, too. And, and uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's nice, nice weather down here in South Florida. And uh, hopefully, hopefully you're getting a little sunshine, too, up there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, no, we're not, Doug. No, we're not. <laughs> okay. All right. But love, love life in Florida. We are happy for you. Uh, I'm wondering what this is like after so many years on the grind, what this is like right now, not coaching not being involved in the NFL this year yeah you know it's been it's been different it's been uh, a little strange for me because you know I've done I've done football for for many 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 years if you go all the way back even to high school playing high school and then college and then my my NFL days playing and jumping right into into coaching after that but you know it's been a little different but it's also been uh, it's been good for me um, there's been a lot of things that you know have happened this year uh, outside of football um, that that, uh, you know, have been a blessing to me and my family to be able to be a part of. Um, and I, and I think about, and, and if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of give a shout out to some people. Um, you know, my brother, um, passed away in, in October and pancreatic cancer and, and, um, you know, he was diagnosed in January of 2021. And so it went, went relatively fast, but, you know, I just want to give a shout out to, you know, Dr. Arshtonota with the Eagles. And he really, was very instrumental in helping me get my brother connected to some of the fine doctors there in Philadelphia, at Penn hospital and at Jefferson hospital, a lot of cancer specialists there. And, and uh, you know, my hat goes off to them because they, they stayed on top of my brother's case. And, you know, and if it wasn't for me being out of football, I probably wouldn't have had, you know, as much hands on, you know, with, uh, with, with my brother that way. And, and then of course my, uh, our oldest son got married in, in July and I was able to, you know, be there for the wedding, obviously. And, and that was exciting. Um, you know, I'm a grandfather now, so uh, our middle son has a, has, a, has a little baby boy. And so I, I was able to be, you know, around for that. And just so many things outside of football that, that really this year has been a blessing to me um, to be able to take it off and just uh, enjoy this time and, and uh, really kind of, kind of refresh and focus and, and uh, really kind of put a plan together for, you know, for the future. And we're very sorry for the loss of your brother, Doug. Yeah, thank you, John. I know, I know, you know, we, we stayed in touch a little bit about that. And, and uh, I appreciate that. You know, it means a lot, a lot of, a lot of the support and well-wishers, you know, for the family. And, and uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. And you've had some tough personal things, as you just mentioned in this year. Uh, do you find that the football is still pulling you back in? Are you watching the games? Are you watching tape and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm staying. I'm staying connected. Um, I think it's the the number one thing that you got to do is is stay connected. Keep your mind, you know, thinking football and think situational football. And 
And, you know, you, you're kind of watching games as a fan, you know, a little bit, but you're also watching it from a coach's perspective. And I look at it from offensive formations to the type of plays they're running. I look at the defensive front. So I'm, I'm doing whatever I can, you know, from a, from a TV copy. But then, you know, I get an opportunity to watch, watch a game from a coach's perspective too. I can, with, with little calmer eyes and, and see how, you know, see how offenses or defenses are scheming, you know, a particular team or a coordinator, um, and, and that, that part just really keeps me engaged and keeps me uh, going, you know, this season, uh, watching and, and studying, you know, studying football. What's it like watching the Eagles this year? Because there's a lot of young players that you were coaching and you're involved with. Yeah, you know, that, that part's been exciting for me just, just to know um, and, and to watch them, to know that, that I was a part of, of bringing them to the team and, you know, to be able to watch them and have success and, and uh, to watch them grow and, and learn and get, get better with each week. And, you know, and that's, that's the, that's the, the process with, with young players. It's just, it's a learning, it's a growth, you know, it's a growth aspect and, and it takes time, you know, and, and um, you know, but it's fun. It's been fun for me. And even some of the older veteran guys, you know, to be able to watch their careers and, and uh, as they get older and kind of the twilight of their career to see how successful and, and uh, impactful they are, you know, with the Eagles this team, with this, uh, this year. How about Jason Kelsey? He was playing through a knee injury this past week. I watched him on the sideline. He was running around the whole time. He was not going to be held out of that game with a knee injury. He's one of the toughest guys, if not the toughest guy that I know personally. Um, you know, he's played and battled with injury the last couple of seasons, and he's fought through. And he, I go back to even 2020. I mean, he, he played injured that entire season. We lost, you know, uh, nearly every one of our offensive linemen that year, and, and yet he's, he was the, the mainstay. And, and he was playing through injury then, and, and he's playing through injury now. And he, I tell you something, he's so passionate and loyal, you know, to the Eagles organization for giving him an opportunity to, to, to be the starting center there. And, and there were times in his career that, you know, people were trying to write him off and that he was done. And um, I tell you, he, he is the best center, you know, in, in football right now. And, and um, he continues to, to impress and he continues to lead that football team. And, and uh, he's one of the guys that I love watching. Doug, you know, he's thought about retiring each of the last couple of years. I know. Are they going to have to drag him off the field? I, I don't think he's leaving. I, I, John, I think you're right. I think they're going to have to pull him right off that football field, and and uh, Stout's probably going to have to do it. But, um, you know, he again, he, he's just so passionate and loyal. He loves the game of football. He loves the Eagles organization and, and the franchise for, for giving him an opportunity to play there. And, and um, yeah, they're going to, they're going to have to probably, you know, bury him right there on the 50 yard line, I think, cause it's, uh, it's going to be, you know, I, I can remember him coming into my office at the end of the season, you know, we're doing those exit meetings and stuff. And he, he's like, man, I think, I think this is the year. I think this is the year I'm done. I, I, I just don't have it anymore. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Kels, just give it, give it till March, man. Just give it to March or April. You'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> how about this offensive line Doug I know you would have loved to have had a healthy offensive line give us an idea here in Philly about how remarkable the story of Jordan Mailata is when you first met him and he came into Philly from Australia from rugby I heard he couldn't even try on a helmet he didn't know how to strap the football helmet you know John he he he's such a uh a you know, a, a freak of a specimen when it comes to, you know, athleticism and size. And, um, you know, when I first met him in person, I, I you know, you got to look up, you need like a stepladder to just look up to him and look into his eyes. And 
you know, you, you knew he had talent, you knew he had athleticism and athletic ability. And, you know, I, I go back to those first couple of years, every day, every day was like a new day for him. He had to like relearn kind of the things we taught him the day before and what, what coach Stoughton was teaching him the day before, because football was new to him. He, 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 he had no idea about football whatsoever. And, you know, just to watch him mature, watch him, watching him grow and, and, you know, obviously got a, got a really nice contract and, you know, a, a guy that's a starter, um, you know, who would have thought, you know, just a few years ago that he would be in this situation, but it just goes to show you the type of player he is, the type of person he is, how hard he likes to work. He, he loves the game of football. Um, he's battled through some injury, you know, in his career, but he keeps going out there, you know, week in and week out. And I've just been real impressed with him uh, and, and, and his desire to, to be one of the top, you know, offensive linemen in this league. How happy are you now that, that Lane Johnson is back with the team and feeling better? He's in better spirits. He obviously went through a big issue getting off his medication. Um, and, and I remember he would tell me in interviews, and I, I thought it was, you know, wild that he would do this, but I, I didn't even realize with what was going on with mental health, but he said he would throw up every morning before game days, him and Brandon Brooks, because of the anxiety did you know everything that he was going through and what he kind of put himself through to get ready to play every week? I think on the, on the surface, you had an idea or I had an idea what was going on with him, but you know, um, really, really what was enlightening is when Brandon Brooks and, and we made the breakthrough with Brandon and he, you know, he was able to, um, you know, get the help he needed and really kind of open up and talk about his anxiety. And, you know, I, I think about mental health uh, in, in today's sports and you know, we're seeing it more and more, right. Just across the, the globe with, with athletes, professional athletes, and there's such a high demand and, and such a high stress level to perform and to perform, perform well. And, you know, and, and maybe, maybe it comes from, you know, us as coaches, we put, we put added pressure sometimes on players to perform and, and, and do it at a high level. But I think the player themselves, they want to, they want to play well, you know, and Lane wants to play well, Brandon wants to play well, and they just, <clears throat> they get themselves worked up and, Sometimes it's hard to control. And now that things like this are, are out in the open and people are, people are talking about it and people are, uh, you know, able to, to help and provide services or whatever it can be for, for these players, it's really beneficial. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Lane that, you know, he's, he's got things under control and cause he's, he's another one of those guys, man, what a tremendous talent. Um, it's great to see him back out on the football field and, Cause he can, he's so dominating. I mean, he's, he plays at a pro bowl level every single year. And um, you know, it's just, I, I've been, that's one of the, one of the personal sort of things that touches me is to be able to watch these guys to go through this adversity, you know, that sometimes is, you know, maybe may or may not be football related, but they can, they can get it corrected and still be able to go out there and play at a high level. Some insurance companies use jingles and mascots, but not NJM. When you're up front with your customers, you don't need gimmicks. NJM, no jingles or mascots, just great insurance. Get a quote today at njm.com. How about Jalen Hurts? Uh, when he came in, uh, obviously drafted in the second round, and, and I don't think he got a whole lot of snaps last year in practice, right, until uh, he, he came in to replace Carson. Uh, he has those four starts. 
you know, he went from Alabama to Oklahoma offense to your offense. Now he's in a different offense. Now he's got 17 starts in the NFL or right about there, 16 or 17. What have you seen from him about his development as a passer and, and, and when he does make throws from the pocket? You know, it's everything that, that um, when, when, when we drafted him that we, that we hoped for, you know, things we saw on tape, but, but you kind of hope that he's going to continue to get better and he's going to grow and he's going to develop. And then when you get to know Jalen Hurts, you, you go, okay, th- this guy's got what it takes to become a really good NFL quarterback. And, you know, again, he's another one of those young players that needs, needs that time. He needs to be out there. He needs to, you know, um, every game that he starts is another game that goes in that memory bank that for the next game and the next game and the next year, the next season and so on. And, and I've been, I've been real impressed with him, you know, um, even from a leadership standpoint and, and how he leads that football team. I, I watched him last year, you know, when he was working with the guys, when, when he, you know, started that last, last month of the season and how he would communicate and how he would talk with, with Kelsey up front with protections or in the run game and, he, he constantly wants to learn. And I think this goes back to just, you know, the way he was raised, obviously. Um, but, but like you said, you, you touched on it, you know, at Alabama, at Oklahoma, he was in our system a year ago. He's in, he's in Nick's, you know, system this year. So he really hasn't had uh, a, a year where he can just digest one system, right? He, he's constantly learning. Um, and, and that just goes again, for me, it just proves how, how, you know, how badly he wants to play and how badly he wants to perform. And, and um, you know, man, I, 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 I'm even excited for maybe even next season, having, having a second year, you know, in, in, in one system and to see how, how he can grow and start putting pieces around him, you know, to help him. But I've been very impressed with Jalen. And, and um, you know, he, obviously he's still a young quarterback. There's still some mistakes that are being made and things like that. But, listen, he, he's such a great talent that um, – you just kind of cut him loose and, and let him go play. And obviously here in Philly, we're wondering, can he be the guy here in Philly? And, and, and things are going well where, where they're running the ball more and helping him out more. And then he had a really tough game against the Giants. And there were some bad decisions made right before the half through an interception in the red zone, should have thrown it away. Uh, some throws he definitely wants back. And he said that this week. Is that something that you do see with a young quarterback where you're going to have those games, those mistakes? You know, those are the things that – and what you got to understand, too, is this is really – I would consider this his rookie season. Um, you know, even though he's been in the, year, you know, in the league two years, he, this is his rookie year, and he's a rookie quarterback, and, and he's learning the game of football. He's learning defenses and how each week is different, right? Teams are going to approach him differently um, every single week, and – and, and I look around, just look around the league at some of these young quarterbacks that are playing, even, you know, the Josh Allens of the world and, you know, uh, Justin Herbert in, 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 with the Chargers and, and guys like that, are, you know, that, you know, they're still making some of those young mistakes that, that you know, can put the team uh, in harm's way. But sometimes you, as a coach, too, you just got to understand, you try to coach those out of them, you know, and I think that comes through experience um, and, and through play. And, you know, just understand that those mistakes are going to be made. And, and sometimes, sometimes you just have to, you know, kind of not, not only own up to it, but kind of accept that those are going to happen. A lot like Carson in 16, 
we knew we got a rookie quarterback going in. There's going to be some times when it's not going to look pretty. And, and yet we're, we're trying to build something here. I mean, this is Coach Sirianni's first year. He's trying to build something there, and he's trying to build it around Jalen. Well, you know what? I know in this league we don't give people time, you know, whether it's a coach or a player. We just don't give enough time sometimes to develop. And, and I think Jalen's one of those guys where you just – if you watch him grow and let him develop, I think some great things can happen. And, you know, putting the right pieces around him, the run game is important, obviously, having that offensive line, as we talked about earlier, you know, and now some of the skill guys around him play great defense, you know, play the field position game. Um, those are all things because I think sometimes you get it in the fourth quarter and you put the ball in Jalen's hands, he's going to find a way to win the game. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives... There's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. You know, you hit on something really interesting there about, it's like in baseball where a hitter can come up and he starts to, you know, shine. He's, he's hitting the ball all over the field, spraying it. And then all of a sudden the pitcher says, okay, I've seen this guy now. I'm going to adjust. Last year in Jalen starts, seemed like he did really well in the first half. And sometimes in the second half, not as good. Every week this year, is it possibly seeing something new in coverage or disguising coverage? And, and it's like you said, it's in the memory bank. Exactly right. And that's that's something that he's going to learn, you know, as the, as the as the as his career grows, is that teams are going to approach him. They're going to they're going to attack him differently if they're you know, if they're going to come out. And I think I read somewhere where the Giants players were talking about we want to make him if he's going to beat us, we want to make him throw the football to beat us. Right. Well, OK, that's and that's the case. Then he's going to start seeing more you know, eight man boxes, but they're going to be all disguises. They're going to be rolling safeties down or maybe corners coming off the edge or however they can to kind of stop some of the, the run game or the RPO game. He's going to see more of that, but then, you know, that's the growth process. He got, does he have to get better in the passing game? I would say yes. And he would probably say yes. And, 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 but that comes through development that comes through growth and that comes through playing. And, um, I think about my days in Green Bay of playing with Brett Favre in his, when his, in his younger, you know, younger days, he, he would turn the ball over from time to time. And but yet he grew and, and he became, you know, he became a hall of fame quarterback. And, and I'm not saying Jalen's going to be a hall of fame guy just yet, but that's the growth process, the growth mindset that, that Jalen has, that the coaching staff has, and you got to keep coaching them. You got to keep coaching them hard. Um, because that's what the players want, um, and, and they want to improve every single week. But you know, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna see different defenses each week, and and that's the that's the nature of the NFL. You uh, you saw the Giants game where Jalen had a tough game, but he put two balls right on the money there at the end to possibly beat the Giants and come back and win. And Jalen Rager uh, after the game, he said, "I dropped them," and he he was accountable. Uh, 
how is that for you when you see that? Obviously, Jalen was a rookie last year with you, and, and Jalen Rager hasn't had the production in the NFL that everybody would hope out of a first-round pick. Yeah, you know, it's, it's again, it goes back to what we talked about with maybe Lane and, and um, you know, with Brandon and just some of the anxiety and some of the added pressure, some of the unwanted added pressure. But it's pressure, you know, from, from the outside, whether it be from the media, from the fans, from himself you know, to perform and perform well. And, and, you know, you get in, you get in situations where you start to, you know, tighten up and, and he's just got to learn to relax. He's another young player that's got a lot of talent, a lot of ability that can really help that football team win, you know, and, and he's just got to, he's just got to control that somehow, some way. And again, I think it, I think it comes through, you know, comes through growth, but at the same time, you know, I would I would recommend that he stay off social media. Don't listen to the news. Try to try to block out as much as you can, and and just focus on your craft and focus on your skill and uh, continue to you know to work hard every single day. And um, you know, I've got a lot of faith and confidence in him because I've been around him to know that he's he's another one of those hard workers and and he's going to do whatever it takes to to get better and and to help that team to team win and, and get with Jalen Hurts and throw and catch as much as they can, not only this season, but when they can in the off season, you know, carry it over into the off season and um, just continue to build that way. Obviously, Justin Jefferson has had far more production than Jalen Rager so far. And, and yeah, you talked about the pressure because he's constantly being compared to that because of where he was picked. Um, it's interesting because I think with Nelson Aguilar, he was kind of on the same path. If you look at their statistics, it's, it's pretty much similar. And you decided it was best for Nelson. He needed to take a step back. Do you think that would help Jalen Rager? You know, I, it's hard to say because I'm not, I'm not there. So I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but I can, re- I can kind of relate it to, to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, Nelson was, he was getting beat up in the media. I mean, he was getting booed out of the stadium every, every time he walked out. And it was unfair to the player. And, and it really felt like at that time with Nelson, like, I thought the best thing for him, you know, was to take a week or two, however, you know, but we've said one week, let's take one week and <clears throat> let's say, Hey, you're not going to play. I want you to just work on the, on the service team, the scout team this week. I want you to take every rep there. I want you to, you know, feel comfortable. Just, just be relaxed. Just, just kind of open yourself up to, you know, to the game just a little bit and, and kind of free your mind, free your body and soul. And uh, let's, let's just see what happens, you know, and, and, Obviously, he he really it really impacted his life. He was very obviously. I mean, even at the end of the season, I can remember how appreciative he was at that moment. You know, and it was a little bit later in the year. It's probably around this time. Uh, I think that we did that, and <clears throat> you know, it made a big impact in his life. And, and you can see where he's at now and the career he's had and still having. And you know, and and um, you know, Jalen, um, you know, he, he might he might be in that same situation right now, just to maybe, maybe take a step back and see it from even see it from a a clear, clear picture, right. That 30,000 foot perspective, so to speak. And um, you know, who knows, maybe that would help him, but I just know too, you just got to continue to work with the kid and, and continue to, you know, work hard practice and uh, in meetings and whatever he can do to help, um, you know, overcome this, uh, this setback right now in his career. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar is a great example uh, for him of a guy who then helped you big time win a Super Bowl. Um, In Philly, obviously, a lot of people are saying, why aren't these receivers producing J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, 
uh, Jalen Rager. Why do you think the receivers of the recent drafts, uh, they haven't had the production that everybody has wanted out of those first and second round picks? You know, it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard to put a finger on exactly why. You know, sometimes it could be, um, you know, personnel each week changes. And so one guy is going to be up, another guy is going to be down as far as deactivations and stuff and how they're going to help that football team. But again, these players are, these players are young players. And, um, you know, somehow, you know, they have to get incorporated, you know, and, and that was probably one of the things that, 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 you know, I didn't do a very good job with is, is getting, getting them incorporated into the offense somehow, some way. And, and, um, you know, and, and that's just all part of it being an impact and, you know, it's, it takes, obviously it takes a village to, to get it done. And, um, you know, you do look around the league at some of the young receivers that have, that have had success and, uh, you know, it's different circumstances, different, different, different football teams, um, you know, different schemes, whatever it might be. But at the same time, they're, they're still practicing hard. They're still working hard. They're still trying to develop their craft. And, you know, yeah, it is sometimes on the, on us as coaches to, to help develop that, but it's also on the player to, to want to get better and improve. And, um, you know, and not just, I, 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 I'll tell you this, a great example to me too, is look at Mac Collins right now, you know, down in Miami and some of the plays that he's beginning to make, he was a young player that was kind of a special teams guy who was limited on offense, but now he's got a role, he's got an impact and he's making plays you know, in, in, in the league and, 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 and it just takes, it takes that one or two play to spark something in that person, in that athlete to, to really kind of, you know, catapult just like it did Nelson Aguilar, you know, um, and get them involved, get them involved the best you can and, and try to get them a touch here and there and, and uh, you know, see what, see what happens down the road. Why uh, was Jalen Rager selected over Justin Jefferson? Oh, is that, you asking me? <laughs> yeah. You know, listen, Jalen had – he's got a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of speed in that in his body, and, and that's what that's one of the things we looked for and, and just um, how he could come in and impact, you know, our roster and being a young player, being explosive, take the top off, um, and, and and really a versatile guy that, that we really we really liked and felt comfortable with. And, and uh, it's just, you know, with him, you know, some guys develop a little bit faster than others in this league. And, and, and Jalen's, Jalen's, you know, a guy that you got to continue to, to work with and, and get him, get him on the right track. You got to find what he's good at and, and exploit that and, and get him, get him those touches when, when you, when you can. So you were obviously first time head coach in Philadelphia and you started off three and oh, and then there were some bumps in the road, like you talked about. Uh, and then you had, an unbelievable year the next year. Um, what has it been like for you to watch Nick Sirianni coming into Philadelphia as a first-time head coach? And we've seen the up and ups and downs. Um, you know, a, a great example of what happens in Philly is he, he had a, a message to his team about, you know, this team can be like a plant or a flower, whatever he said, and the roots can grow. The roots are growing. Maybe the results up top, it hasn't blossomed yet. And it seemed like he got crushed a little bit for that. But then they go out and they win three or four. And now everybody says, all right, that's a great message. Um, you know what it's like to be a first-time head coach in Philly and uh, the pressure. What, are, what has it been like for you watching Nick throw, go, go through the ups and downs? I mean, it's like it was yesterday, you know, that, 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 that I was going through that um, back in 16 and, and 17. And, um, 
you know, it's some, some of it's unfair. Um, you you got to give this guy, uh, and, and I don't know him personally. I'm just from a professional standpoint, obviously, but you know, give, give the, just like players, you give them, give them, give them an opportunity to grow, give them an opportunity to really sink their feet and their teeth into the ground in Philadelphia and, and, and watch them, watch them blossom and grow. And I think sometimes that, you know, they, they get the added pressure put on them through the media or through the fans that, you know, can really, can really affect, can affect guys. You have to be a strong minded, strong willed person, um, you know, to, to be able to handle, I think the Philly media and, and the fans and, and, and I'll tell you this, it, there's no greater place to be when you win if in Philadelphia, because we experienced that in, in really 17 and 18 and even, you know, with opportunity playoff in 19. I mean, that's, it's a great place to coach and play when, when you're winning, but give, give these guys an opportunity. He's, he's trying to get his philosophies and his, um, his, you know, his impact and, and sinking his teeth into that organization and give them an opportunity to grow and, and see what happens, you know, and um, you know, you, you're seeing that around the league with some of the young, young coaches. Now, some of the new coaches just being able to go in there and, and put their fingerprint and their stamp on, on uh, those teams and, and, and watching them play. And, and that's the same way in Philadelphia. Give, give these guys an opportunity to do that and see what happens. And, and only, can only go up from there. You know, whatever happens this year obviously happens, but you start putting the pieces around these players and you start getting, you know, draft picks in there or free agents in there. And you saw what happened to us in 17 when we did that, you know, you, you can really, you, you can blossom. You can, you know, go to, go to the pinnacle of our sport. And, um, you know, and that's, that's something that we gotta, you know, we gotta do with every, um, with every coach and player, I think. Did you ever uh, get a chance to talk to Nick at all about what to expect or anything about the job in Philly? No. Um, you know, we, I just, I just reached out to him to congratulate him, you know, when he was hired and, and, and just, just basically told him, you know, wishing him well. And if he ever need anything to, to reach out to me, but you know, listen, sometimes you, you, you learn, you know, you want to learn on your own too. You know, I mean, even though I had, you know, Andy Reed, I could reach out to him and say, Hey, how did you do this? How did you do that? in Philly or what do you expect here? I, I really didn't do any of that because I wanted to learn it for Doug Peterson. I wanted to learn it for myself and, and really formulate my own uh, ideas and, and how to handle things as a first time head coach. And, um, and I think that's something that, that Nick is, is doing a, a really good job of and he, he's learned it, learning it firsthand. You want to be a head coach next year in the NFL? I'd love to be a head coach again. You know, I, um, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing this fall, you know, and watching these games and, and preparing myself. And um, I'd love to get, you know, given the opportunity, I'd love to do it again. And, and, you know, not many guys get an opportunity to be a head coach one, one time, but, but let alone, you know, twice um, it's hard to do, but I, I just feel in my heart that, that I can still give a lot, um, you know, football. And, and again, you surround yourself with the right coaches and the right players and, um, again, just like, just like Nick's analogy of, of sinking your teeth and sinking those roots in the ground, that's what you got to do. And then, and then, you know, you see what happens after that. How much more equipped are you or more experienced now, all the things that you learned in Philly, uh, to be a head coach again? Well, number one, I think you learned how to have thick skin, 
um, and, and you learn how to how to kind of roll with the punches a little bit. And I, I thought I thought I, I think that even just my I think about the media. We always talk about the media in Philly, but I think that really prepares you for the job, and I think that prepares you for the next job. And I think it it it, it really it really kind of gives you a perspective on how you want to you know uh, lead another team if if given the opportunity. But I I, I look at my five years there and, and the success, you know, that we had, and obviously 2020 was, was a little bit of a nightmare, but um, you know, the success we had, you know, in the middle years there, 17, 18 and, and 19, and, you know, being able to build off of that. And there's a lot of things, a lot of positive came out of those five years um, for me as a coach. And, and, and there were some negatives that, that, you know, I'm definitely going to learn from and, and, and move forward from. And, um, but yeah, I, I feel like going, into another opportunity, I'll be more equipped on how to handle the roster, how to handle the front office, how to handle the media, how to handle the community and the fans and all that. And that just, that comes through experience, you know, and, and um, that's the part that I'm excited um, about moving forward with, with myself and, and, and hopefully given, given another opportunity. You know, it's interesting because, um, you know, you have Nick Sirianni here who came in throwing the ball with Jalen Hurts, and then you've seen over the last five, six weeks, they are really committing to the run. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, the young coaches, they've adjusted some of the things they're doing. When you first come in as a head coach like you did in 2016, you know, you got fans saying, hey, you should do this, you should do this. How does it take, like, how long does it take to adjust and really learn about the personnel and individual players about what's going to work best for them. You know, that's probably the, 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 the hardest thing um, probably to figure out with, with a roster, you know, and, and I'm not saying just as a first time head coach, I'm not even, even the next year, you know, and then the year after, because every year is going to be different. Your team is different. The chemistry of the team is different. You're, you're kind of hitting that reset button every year. And, um, you know, it takes, it takes a, this is why the off season to me, this is why the off season is so important because this is where I think you can really begin to see the foundation of your football team and the direction that you want to go in. And, um, you know, and, and you have all these expectations going into training camp and you're working on certain things and you're trying to you go a certain way. And I think too, you go back to, you know, some of the receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, we're talking, you know, offense now, but, the guys that you have and, and you have to use their strengths and weaknesses to build, to build your scheme, to build your philosophy on how, who you want to be as an offense. Right. And, um, you know, I, I look back on, on 17 and, you know, we were a big, we were a big RPO team, you know, I mean, we got good at the RPOs. We had good receivers that knew how to do that with, with Nelson and Tory and we had Zach Ertz there. And, you know, you had, obviously you had, um, you know, Alshon and, you know, and then the running backs who we brought in, you know, we had Corey Clement was obviously a rookie. And then there's Garrett Blunt and, and Jay Ajayi. I mean, we had guys that veteran players, but you had to learn their strengths and weaknesses. And then you build your schemes around that. And I think that's something that you, you kind of evolve into as the, as, as training camp goes. And even as the season goes on, you know, and, and, um, but I just don't believe you can go in and say, Hey, we want to be this way or that way. I mean, in your mind, you do that, but you really have to go to the strength of your football team 
and say, hey, what, what is that? Let's, what are our strengths? What are our weaknesses? And then you design and build around that. And how do we get, you know, X, Y, and Z the ball? And let's, let's build our scheme that way. So it's constantly evolving. Um, and I think that's what we've seen, you know, with the Eagles this season is how they're kind of evolving into, you know, who they are today. And they're obviously helping a young quarterback. I think the run game helps a young quarterback, and that includes him running the football. Um, and that's what you're seeing. And, you know, you're probably not going to do that with a Tom Brady, right, or an Aaron Rodgers. You're not going to do that. These guys are veteran guys, and, and you know, they, they've been around a while. But um, with, with, with young players and a young team, figure out their strengths, figure out their weaknesses, build, design, how do we get them the football, and go from there. In Philly, is there any other question that would top a list about what you get asked about the most run-pass ratio? <laughs> that is, I tell you what, I, it, it, it kind of, it kind of, I, I've never been around a, 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 a community there or media that asks more about run, run pass ratio questions than, than ever before. Um, but you know what? It's, listen, it's also, it's also sitting in the stands or sitting in the, at home with, with, uh, you know, calmer eyes and make, trying to make decisions on the field are a little bit different. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe you open a suggestion box, right. And you have, you have people put in suggestions each week and then you build your game plans that way. Let's see, see how that works. You know, well, you've also got Seth Joyner every week, old school football talking about running the ball, running the ball. Uh, Doug, it's fascinating to me because I watched some of these press conferences and, and I saw Frank Reich this past week where he was asked about the, the pass to run ratio. And he's like, guys, listen, RPO, all those plays, RPO, they were run plays. And he actually and the list. And I'm like, this is like a big thing. Yeah, I know. And that's, that's what sometimes people don't understand. You call RPOs and the ball gets thrown. You know, and, and you're like, well, why are they throwing the ball all the time? Well, it's really a run, and the defense just moves this way, and you throw it where they're not, you know. And um, that that's the that's the thing that's kind of evolved into the into the NFL game, kind of brought from the college game a little bit, and it's making the game exciting. But those are also extensions of the run game. Um, you know, the play action pass comes off of that, you know, and and that's where teams really have have the success, but. I do believe you have to be able to run the ball at some, some extent. I mean, just get under center and run the football and just blow people off the ball and run your power schemes, your gap schemes, run your zone schemes, you know, and, and, and being able to do that. I, but I am a believer that you throw to win or you throw to, you know, score and you run to win, right? You throw to score and run to win. Um, but again, you also do what you need to do in the course of a game to get the win at the end of the day. And, you know, I think that's the most important thing is, is obviously wins and losses and, and, you know, whether you win three to two or 41 to 40, um, a win's a win. And, and in our league, um, they're hard to come by and, um, you know, you just, you just keep plugging and plowing and uh, good things, good things end up happening. So as we wrap this up, Doug, when you sit here right now, um, you had great success here in Philly, won a Super Bowl, the first ever in the history of this city. It's still amazing to think about that. There will never be a bigger win in the history of Philadelphia sports. Um, how, how is everything when you watch the Eagles and, and, and you were the coach last year? Is everything all right? 
every John, everything is very all right. Uh, you know, I, I'm at peace with everything, you know, and the decisions that were made. And obviously, um, it, it was as, as we started, you know, the, your show earlier about the things I was able to do this this fall away from football. Yeah, I, I'm at peace with everything. And, and you know, I, I've, I've said this before to with interviews and stuff, and, and I don't really dwell on the past as much as remember the past where I think about the good times, you know, in Philly. And um, even when I when I talk to family and friends, they always want to remember, obviously, the Super Bowl, because that was that was a tremendous, tremendous year for us. But also some of the other games along the way in those five years that that people remember and you know, those exciting times that we had. And, and um, you know, I think about 18 the next year and, and, you know, we're down in New Orleans with a chance to win that football game at the end and, and possibly be back in the NFC championship game. And, you know, and I think about all those, all those moments like that. And th- those are the, those are the memories that come back that, that uh, and I think about, you know, the players, um, the players I coached and, and, and obviously the players that are still there and, and, uh, it's exciting for me, you know, to watch them because um, I, I feel like I've had an impact on their not only their life but their career, and and um, it's been exciting. And yeah, I'm in, I'm at peace with it, and I'm just looking forward to the next opportunity. That's great. Uh, two quick ones here. Could you tell us what the play was going to be if you and Nick didn't come up with the Philly special in the Super Bowl? No, <laughs> I can't. I can't remember. I honestly cannot remember unless I looked at my call sheet again. I, I couldn't tell you what the play was. I know it was an empty formation and that's about all I knew. Uh, and I didn't like the way we broke the huddle and the clock was running down and I still had a couple of timeouts. So I, I, uh, yeah, I had to burn the timeout, but I cannot remember the play call. Well, it wasn't as special, right? Wasn't as special <laughs> as the next one. That's for sure. And then final thing, whatever happened in that last game uh, at the link, when you look back now and you see the Eagles get Devontae Smith and the Dolphins' first-round pick, huh? I, you know, and, and, and I'll tell you this. You play every game and you coach every game to win, and you don't think about draft picks. You don't think about the future, and, that, and that's something that I've always believed in is you're in, you're in the moment, you're in the now. You're trying to do whatever you can to win the football game, and I'll say that the quarterback position is probably the one that's the most watched and the, and the most scrutinized on any football team, not just, not just with the Eagles. And anytime there's a change made, people are going to question the change and, and you're still trying to win the football game. It's not, you're not doing anything other than that. And that's something that I, I, uh, I hold dear to my heart. Um, and we're still trying to win football games, you know, and, and um, obviously, you know, looking back, it, it worked out for, you know, the Eagles and they, they got some picks and stuff, but, you know, but you you ne- you don't go into a game ever go into a game thinking about that, right? You're always thinking about the outcome and trying to win that game. Well, Doug, I got to tell you, um, you're a genuine guy. Um, you brought this city what it had always been waiting for. And uh, when I always talk to your players, the thing they always said was how genuine you were um, with them, and um, you treated them like men. Uh, and, and you'll forever be loved in this city, especially for what that says back there, what you brought to the city of Philadelphia. And, and it's been great catching up with you. And, and your insight and perspective is tremendous about some of these young players and some of the veterans here as the Eagles try to move into the future. And we wish you the best next year and hope to see you back uh, as a head coach in the NFL. 
Well, John, I, I really appreciate the time. And, um, you know, my time spent in Philly was, was amazing. Obviously we, we, you know, Mr. Lurie hired me for one reason and, and as to win championships. And, and he, he was very upfront about that. And, and we were able to do that for him and the organization, for the city, the fans. Um, and that's a tremendous honor for me to, to, to know that, that, and sometimes you forget, like, you know, you were the, you were the head coach when, you know, when, when you won that. Right. And, um, but it's still, it's still an honor to, to think about that. And, um, hopefully they haven't torn the statue down yet and hopefully it's still, still standing, but, you know, it's just a lot of great memories, a lot of great people, a lot of great, you know, uh, family friends in the Philly area. And, and, uh, it's always going to be for me, um, a, a great place to, I played there. I coached there twice, obviously once as a head coach and, um, it always kind of draws me back to Philly. You know, it's, it's a great place and we love that place. A lot of respect for the organization and, and, um, you know, I'm just excited for the next, next opportunity. Well, we wish you the best and we will see you someday back at the link. That'll be special. Hopefully with, uh, cheers and not <laughs> booze. <laughs> no, there is no doubt. It is a hundred percent. We know what's going to happen. <laughs> well, I love it. I love it. I can't wait. Can't wait for the day. Doug, thanks a lot. It was great catching up with you. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Oh, I'm so flagrant.